right, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied as always by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today is the one, the only, Steve Cavett. Jake, we've talked about him before. I'm excited. I know you're excited. How you feeling, buddy? What's your, what's your deal? I'm, I'm doing well, and I'm really excited for this one. I'm, I'm, this is going to be a good one. Samesies. All right, you can find us on all our socials at, yeah, or you can find us on every podcast platform at Working Perspectives Podcast and on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast, on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on the Twitter at Working P Pod, and we're on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, then uh, hit us up at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, Jake, you ready, babe? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get this shit started. Let's go. All right. Shake it, dig it, dig it, dog. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you about this one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell me. Okay, so Shake Diggity, I know that we talk a lot about wrestling on this show. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand, uh, wrestling is one of those cultures where if you're in it, you're fucking in it, right? Yes. And if you're, and it's one of those things like it's almost like a brotherhood. You have to be indoctrinated into it. Like there's kids you might not like, but if they were legit wrestling, right? Like if they legit mm-hmm. did it, there's there's a connection. Even if you really don't like them, but there is a connection, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that. I love Steve. That's not what I'm saying. So <laughs> Steve here. Steve was, uh, so when I was a sophomore, our team ended up being like third in the state in dual meets and like massive studs, right? Yeah. Then the next year, there was kind of a drop off and we got a bunch of young kids and Steve had to write that ship, right? And he had to take over as captain of that team and keep the ball rolling, mm-hmm. which he did because the team ended up in, in postseason, ended up winning districts and regions. So not, not too shabby. And Steve had a lot to do with that. Right. Yeah. So we're going into, uh, so like we've talked about before, uh, we've brought up postseason, and I remember you wrestling postseason, and yeah. I remember you specifically saying how you were jealous. Cause it's like, it is cool to say you're, you've been like, honestly, if you're from Pennsylvania and you're a wrestler and you're a state qualifier, not even a place winner or a state champ or whatever, if you're a state qualifier, that means a lot. It's a big yeah. deal. You're, if you're a regional qualifier, that's a lot because it is fucking tough, man. We've had, I remember there was a kid in a school uh, near us. He was a freshman in high school. He won the Virginia state championships. Then he came up to Pennsylvania, right. As a sophomore and never made it out of districts, right. Oh, that's wow. just it's, Pennsylvania is a different level when it comes to wrestling. So if you're a regional qualifier or if you're a state qualifier, right then that means you can fucking go and you're legit so that being said steve had had a really good career he had wrestled varsity all four years right he was a he was a fucking legend on the team he was a legend in the school for a bunch of reasons uh uh, so either way (laughs) we'll get into that eventually um but so we were we're going into the postseason and i'll i'll tell you (laughs) I have to bring this up because it will come up later. 
So uh, we had a, a bunch of like rival teams, like, you know, like we were a big deal in wrestling. So people wanted to come at us. So one of the rivals was uh, the school Nishamity, right? Mm-hmm. So at Nishamity, uh, there was this kid that my brother asshole had wrestled the year before. Right. And yeah. at this time I was very involved in like, I was very into wrestling. So I was like an encyclopedia. Like I knew a lot. I got all the magazines. I was really into it. Right. Mm-hmm. So at this time, uh, asshole had wrestled this kid and he, he won, but it was like, he, I remember afterwards saying, he's like, God, the guy's sprawl was so tough. He had like a really tough sprawl. Right. So students what, what used to come sprawl? up with me. What's a sprawl? Oh, so, so, like, so like a if you stance? were to take it, well, so say if we're standing up and I go to take a shot and the guy like kicks his leg back and like defends the shot. Yeah. Right. That's called a sprawl. Like he's not right? easy to like, to, he's not going to play by your rules basically. So like, well, yeah, well, like, so say if I took a shot on you, right? Like mm-hmm. we're standing up and I try to take a shot on your legs and you yeah. shoot, like you swing your legs back and dump your chest on my back, right? Yeah. That's a sprawl. And apparently this kid had like a really tough one. So okay. but that's what asshole said though. But it, you yeah. know, either way, that's asshole saying it, Can't right? trust him. No, you can't. And, and turns out <laughs> you can't. So uh, either way, Steve used to come up to me before his matches and be like, Hey, what do you know about this guy? Hey, what do you know about this guy? And I, and I would give him, I would give him like, you know, he didn't do it all the time, but he would do it. And I'd be given like, I'd be like, this is what this guy said. And this is what this guy does. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the, this particular guy, I told him, I was like, Hey, asshole said last year that this guy's got a tough sprawl. So uh, watch out for the sprawl. So the whole match, Steve doesn't shoot on the guy because of what I said. Steve ends up losing, right? And mm-hmm. but at the very end of the match, like before, you know, at the end of the match, he goes and shoots on the guy and takes him down right away. So had he not listened to me and was shooting the whole time, he would have fucking won, right? So let's get to postseason. Okay. <laughs> so we're at postseason. The first first tournament in postseason is called sectionals, right? So that's like all the teams in your surrounding school. Yeah. Are all the schools in your surround in your surrounding area go right? So for North Penn, it was like Penridge, Southerton, Quakertown, like those ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, the ones that you people. kind of are expected to to take down. Yeah, like they're they're the close ones. They're like the ones close to home. Yeah. So we go there, right? And Steve, I think, was ranked like he was like seated like number two in his weight class. Really, mm-hmm. high, like very much expected to do well. Uh, he wins his first match. In his second match, though, he loses. Hmm. And so what it is for sectionals is the top three place winners go on to districts, right? Yeah. So it's a must-win situation. So Steve loses his second match and has to go to what's called wrestlebacks. So he goes into, they call it the loser's bracket, but you go into the loser's bracket. So he had to wrestle yeah. a bunch of times and beat a bunch of guys, and he had to go to, he had to go into the the uh the the county finals are called and he had the win to go on to the next week right oh, okay so wow. he ends up winning right and he places third so he just barely makes it out of sections to go to districts right so he makes it to districts know this he is the second to last ranked seed he was ranked so far back right Mm -hmm. that he had to have a pigtail like a like a you know how they do in the march madness tournament they have a play-in game yeah he had to have a play-in match to get in so he was basically he's like you know 
he's like, uh, you know, uh, some the, the lowest ranked school, whatever, going in, right? He wins his playing match against a tough kid, right? Then mm-hmm. he has to face the number one seeded kid in his weight class. Beats him. Damn. Right? Big upset. Then he goes, that was the quarterfinals. Then he goes to, or that was, I think, the first round. So then he goes to the quarterfinals, wins again. Then he goes to the semifinals, wins again. Then he goes to the finals, right? Mm -hmm. So now this kid went from being the last ranked to now he's in the finals. So last seed going into the finals to wrestle for first place. And who does he wrestle for first place? None other than the bozo from Nishamity that I told him not to spa against, right? (laughs) So before the match, before the match, first off, so first off, uh, so there's this kid, his name's Mark Mark Smith. Fantastic wrestler. He had broke the record for a number of pins in a high school career. He's a mm-hmm. phenomenal legend, legend wrestler. Uh, he would end up getting outstanding wrestler at this tournament uh, because he pinned his way through. Ooh, big day. The real <laughs> outstanding wrestler of this tournament was the kid who had to wrestle the most matches, right? He had to mm-hmm. wrestle the most time because every match went the distance, right? Yeah. And he had to wrestle like the top seeds in his weight class. Yeah. He didn't get a break. He had to wrestle the top guys, right? Mm-hmm. So that guy didn't get outstanding wrestler, even though he should have. And that was Steve. So Steve goes to the finals. Uh, he kicks the shit I told him to the curb. And he's like, fuck this guy, sprawl. And he fucking beats the brakes off this kid, right? <laughs> and he ends up going from being the last seed to winning districts which is dude i'm telling you doesn't happen a lot so it's a big big thing yeah so now so now steve gets to go to regionals so if you so it's top four make it out of districts and then the top three make it out of regions and this is the big money round shake because the top three get to go to states Mm -hmm. right just saying it like you made it to states yeah you're a state qualifier that is such a big thing it's a big presence right so Steve comes in, he's ranked two, uh, but it is to be said, the number one ranked kid in his, in his weight class that day would have a Sports Illustrated article come out about him saying about this amazing feat that he could do. Uh, and because he was part, he was like 99% deaf, right? Oh, okay. This kid's name was Brad, Brad Forbes. So Steve's ranked number two. I will tell you this. I didn't think this because I knew Steve. But there was some people saying that Steve got lucky to make it here and that he was going to crap out and there's no way he's going to States. There's no way, right? Guess what happened? Steve fucking flipped him the bird, tell him to go (laughs) shove, right? Yeah. Steve fucking tell him, put a fucking egg in their shoe and beat it, right? He wins his first round match, wins the the semifinal, quarterfinal, semifinals, and he makes it to the finals right the finals of regionals you have to understand this is a massive deal we are yeah. from a very tough region right in the toughest wrestling state in the country right mm-hmm. we're in a very tough region and you have to imagine there's thousands of kids that have tried to get to this spot right so he yeah. had to beat out like there's thousands of kids trying to do this and he's the one that made it so he makes it to the finals against his kid brad forbes now brad forbes was attempting to do something only two other people in the history of the Southeast region wrestling have ever done. So 
he would have won regionals four years in a row. So there's only ever been two other people to do that. Both of those two other people were alumni of North Penn. One's name was Chris Kortnick and the other's name was Dan Finaccio, right? Okay. So both of those guys, would have, those guys won regionals four times. Brad Forbes going against Steve, if he wins regionals, he would be the fourth time. It would be the third person to ever do it. The first person in like 20 years, 15 years or something, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a disability because he's partially deaf, mm-hmm. right? So going into this, a lot of pressure was on Steve from the alumni saying, fucking, dude, this is a four-time regional champ. That's a North Penn thing. This guy doesn't get it. Whatever. Yeah, Steve yeah, told yeah. him, hey, hey, go fuck yourself, all right? <laughs> I'm the one that had to make weight. I'm the one that had to have, I, he's legit wrestled the most matches out of any other wrestler to get to this point, Yeah. right? He's cut all the weight. He's wrestled all the top guys. And he said, I fuck you. I fuck you big time. Cause guess what? <laughs> I'm going to States win or lose. So he went out there. He ends up losing to Forbes. Big fucking deal, right? <laughs> this, the big thing is, is this fucking comeback king of the Cuyahoga went from barely making it out of sectionals to having a pigtail match at districts, to winning districts and getting snubbed for OW, then making it to regionals where everyone thought he was a fucking shoe bag that was just going to get thrown out the first fucking week, right? Or first mm-hmm. fucking night, and ends up making it to the finals there and fucking making it to states, and he's a state qualifier. And that is a big fucking deal, all right? That's yeah, a big intense. fucking deal. That's intense. Guys will wrestle their whole career and aspire just to make it to regionals. And he's made it to states and he was runner up at regionals, which is a massive, massive deal. So that being said, uh, Steve's a good guy. He's a great friend of the show and he's, you know, great captain, everything like that. He's doing great. He's running a, a garage with his brother and everything's going well. Uh, Steve, I know you're doing great and all that stuff. I'd just like to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think of that piece of shit movie? Sure did see it, Matt. Uh, <laughs> not one of my favorites. I can say that. <laughs> all right, not, all right. Not on my top to-do list, you know? That's what I'm fucking saying, baby. That's to put another one in the lost column for old fucking Bohemian shit city, okay? <laughs> movie sucked. So bad. All right. Steubens, what's up, babe? How you doing, pal? I'm uh, doing great. Doing great. Uh, got a little bit of a gripe with the little uh, preamble. Oh, for Christ. Oh, for fuck. Everyone does. What is here's the Here's the fucking thing. I worked out a lot a lot of my life in gyms with your brother and i happen to like that kid a lot so let's not call him oh. tom's my guy oh for fucking oh, christ no. sake my fucking guy oh no oh, wow wow <laughs> wow you know if i knew if it was gonna be an ambush stuvens i fucking my god <laughs> what can i say all right well whatever we, we'll leave asshole out of this for now <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. Maybe What's he's up, blackmailing buddy? him or something. There's, there must yeah, be some sort of Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it is. This. Yeah. Well, you guys were drilling partners yeah, too, weren't for you? For a while. Yeah. 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 Tom, and then I, I really, I really respected Tom when uh, it, there was, mm-hmm. there's just something about the second you graduate, like there's no pressure on you. You just wrestle so much different. And I remember me and him being, yeah. you know, on the same level, no problem, because Tom was a beast. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the motherfucker was like steps ahead of me when we got to after he graduated. Like I. I was having real issues with him. I'm like, what the fuck? And then the second I graduated, yeah. I had like the same view when I came back and wrestled with guys. Like, you know, it just makes it easier when the pressure's not on you. Well, what what uh what weights did you wrestle at? So I started my freshman year at 119, 
which I uh, never, ever had to lose weight before in my life. Right. So I get there and I finally make varsity. Right. I got a bunch of these like juniors and uh, sophomores looking at me going because in North Penn, ninth grade's not in the high school. So you have to get busted yeah, up from the right. middle schools and it's, it's a pain in the ass. So yep, the, yeah. the, the seniors are already annoyed because they got to wait for you and they're already pissed off. Yeah. And but what, I walked into a team that was 12 and four, had a lot of like strong personalities on it. It was, a, it's a tough room to walk into. It's not, you know, North Penn's a wrestling program. They, they have a lot of respect. Yeah. There's a lot of tough nails guys in there. So, you know, I walk in trying to be, you know, I won a lot of youth tournaments. I had a little bit of a, a youth swag to me. I thought mm -hmm. I was the man. I was undefeated. Mm -hmm. Middle school was beating the brakes off of people. Yep. Walk in there my ninth grade yep. year. A couple guys want to test me. I beat the brakes off them. I make varsity. I think I'm yep. the next Zach Fryling. And then I go out and <laughs> I don't realize that I I've, I've never lost weight before in my life. No weight cutting. Just always walked in and weighed what I you know what I was. I wrestled. Yeah, whatever you happen yeah. to be. So I show up that day. I'm supposed to make 119. I get on the scale. We're wrestling Penn Ridge. We have to go to Penn Ridge. There's about an hour before the match. I step on the scale and I'm 124. So oh, this shit. <laughs> literally, an, literally an hour before we have to wrestle. And now I got guys like oh. Adam Brown and uh, some of the older guys yeah. like uh, Falter Bauer and Messer Schmidt and yeah. all these bigger guys going, Oh, you fucking idiot. You got to lose the weight. Her, yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah. well, What do I do? So now I start piling on sweatshirts, start piling on jackets. I go to the pool room. I'm running, I'm passing out, I'm running, I'm passing out. They're waking me up. Yeah. I finally get to uh, Penn Ridge. I'm oh, a point four over. Now I'm trying to pee. I'm trying to throw up, I'm trying oh to do anything God. to lose that. I can't lose it. I finally get it done. Make it, make weight. And I'm all excited, right? So I'm like, fuck yeah, I made weight. Now I get to do this. I uh, go back, try to eat something, but my stomach's all fucked up now. So you can't really eat. Go out into the match. And of course, mm -hmm. it's against a kid that I used to wrestle in youth. I used to beat the shit out of him. I'm like, I'm going to kill yeah. this kid. And I wrestle yeah. like shit because I'm completely depleted and I'm a fucking idiot. So yeah. I go out there and they, it's yeah. a pretty close match. Of course, it goes into overtime. I do win. So I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> My next two matches, I win in a row and I'm three and oh. There was another guy on the squad who was a freshman at that time. The only other freshman was Dave Witt. <laughs> Dave Witt is yep. 103. Legend. 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 So me and Witt are 103, 103 and 119. And we work out all the time together. There was a guy in between us at 112, Asa, who was absolutely terrible which used to make us feel good because me and him would just beat the shit out of this poor kid but so we uh we get we get out there and with three now i'm three and there's all this talk they were like you know cabot was good in youth uh this is going to be great there's another couple there's another wave coming up and they made another wave that was like the radisoni hill fryling you guys all coming up we were like mm -hmm. all right cool so i'm out there they're thinking i'm gonna be some big deal and then i realized that i'm a freshman and i lose like my next 10 straight matches just get this shit beat out of me and I'm like, oh, you know, there's Man. levels of stuff. It's it's just how how it goes in the sport. So, but it strengthens you, though. Oh, of course, it strengthens you. There's it's one taking of those, those beatings is mentally and physically strengthened. Agreed. You. And mm -hmm. there's nothing if there's ever a sport that like they people always like the uh, the analogy I use for a lot of people is the same thing you see with uh, MMA. If you look at the UFC, every champion is like 37 years old. In any other professional sport, mm -hmm. that's a dinosaur. But in mm -hmm. that sport, yeah. Agreed. experience experience means so much just mat time means so Agreed. much so you know just being yeah, able yeah. to see different guys so that by the time you get to be an older wrestler and like your senior year of high school you've seen the freak athlete kid that doesn't know how to wrestle you know how to handle him you know how to wrestle the ultra mm -hmm. strong kid you know how to wrestle the technically sound mm -hmm. kid you know how to, the kid who has all the mm -hmm. stamina in the world you can just, you just have those experiences it's nothing new to you so you just keep it moving but uh yeah yeah so we get the snot beat out of us uh you know it's not the best but it, it, it's part of the, the, uh, 
the ongoing process of the sport. The analogy a lot of people use is that uh, wrestling doesn't build character, it reveals it. I agree. So I agree. you being you being able to like you're because a lot of people would shrink from that and a lot of people would give up and a lot of people would turn tail. But you being able to fight through that and come back and then be successful, that shows a lot about your character. I also uh, you not know, to big up you or anything. No, no, but I, I hear you. I hear you. I think the other I think the other uh, the intangible for me was I had an older brother who was five years older than me. So there was a clear gap between me and him. That'll so do when it. I was you know, when I was eight, he was 13, almost 14. When I was 10, he was 15. When I was 12, he was an 18 year old man. He beat the brakes yeah. off of me my whole life. Him and his friends and his buddies. <laughs> yeah. So he used to laugh and take a lot of credit for it and be like, yeah, if I didn't beat the shit out of you on the daily, you wouldn't have sure. learned how to like sure. scrub out of things. And, you know, even, if, even <laughs> if he could he could beat me for an hour. And no matter what, I would just internally not let him see me in pain because I didn't want him to get that satisfaction and wait yep. and wait and wait and wait until my chance and then run up and punch him dead in the nuts and then run away. You know, <laughs> so it builds. It builds that. Brother move. I, I, I it's learned, all about strategy. I, I think I learned at a young age that there's no motivation for me like spite. For people to say you can't, plus, plus not going to do this. You can't do that. You're not good enough to do this. You know, mm-hmm. dude. Plus two. I'll say it, you're fearless out there. Like you're not afraid. Like when, like, so we brought up before on the the Hill episode where my, my dad said Hill was his favorite. My fucking yeah. guy. He the, said toughest, Hill, the toughest motherfucker Hill. I ever knew. That's my yeah. guy. And he's, yeah. And he said, yeah, you were the best man at Hill's wedding. Yeah. 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 So, so Hill had said, or my dad said he liked Hill, but he liked Cabot a lot too. Cause the same reasons Cabot used to have this, it's called a cross face. But we'll say what it was. It was a fucking forearm shiver, and he would shiver the shit out of the guy. <laughs> like, I remember being at a match and being like, Jesus Christ, like, you're taking guys' heads off with this thing. And the ref, they're, they're just like, hey, let's, let's, you know, let them wrestle. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that kind of aggressiveness, too, has to become from, like, look, fuck you. I'm getting mine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you might win, but you're not going to want to wrestle me again. Like, that kind of attitude is what makes success and much makes it so that you can keep coming back also. And we did say it like wit being your training partner, right? Like your, your drilling partners is a, is it, it is a thing. It's a very serious thing. And Super serious. Set, and you, and you know, too, when it gets to the MMA level and boxing and things like that, your training partners is a legit thing. It's mm-hmm. a very much you're in it together, but you said it too. When we had our pre-show, Iron sharpens iron sharpens iron, right? Steel sharpens steel, whatever yeah. the fuck it is. So if you have a guy that's good, he's only making you better, uh-huh. right? That's it. And like you just got to keep pushing, and that's what's yeah. gonna do it. So you having wit as a training partner, did, weren't you training partners with Schoendorfer too? Yeah, I mean, but Frankie, Frankie was an athlete, and uh, he was athletic, and Frankie was ridiculously tough. But Frankie only started yeah. wrestling in like middle school. So to a guy like me that in our yeah. like we had been wrestling since you were six years old, we would just, you know, it, yeah. it, we, it wasn't on the same level. But it's always good to have that guy in there that even though I was technically much better, I could take him down. He would never give me anything easy ever. Yeah. No way. Making you work for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. and then, like I said, uh, one of my phrases I still tell because I coach at this time in my life. The only thing I tell my kids all the time is you're only as good as your partner. So. If my partner wants yeah. to fuck around and be a jabroni all day, that's what you're going to be a fucking jabroni too. So if your yeah, partner, yep. so like I used to get upset when I was a freshman, there was a guy, Kevin Hammond, who was the senior yeah. captain. 
and he was 125, so he was the weight class above me. And that psychopath was one of those gym room legends. Never performed well when yeah. he, when the pressure was on, but in in the training room, yeah, fucking yeah. monster. And he always used to and yeah. cardio for days. And he loved for some reason because I'm yeah. also a uh, how do I say this nicely? An asshole. So because I'm like yeah. a. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a quiet person. Yeah. We'll call you a straight shooter, Steve. Not we'll, a, we'll say a straight shooter. Not a yeah. quiet person. So Put a nice shine course, on it. Of course, when I was opening my mouth, they were like, "I'm gonna fucking punish this little turd," you know. So, they, yeah. you know, they yeah. gave it to me pretty good. Yeah, and that's I remember a question... one time you threw a mop at me. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it was a wet mop out of the bucket too oh, i was boy. like oh thank god he missed well i apologize yeah. but then that. he like you threw the mop but no we were fucking around <laughs> i remember okay go, oh, shake you wanted to say something what were yeah, you saying i have shake? a question uh and I, I learn a lot about wrestling through this podcast mm-hmm. and listening to matt and the people he has on and i don't come from a wrestling background yep i played football my whole family played football forever yep. Yep. Um, and we were very comfortable football players like yes. on the field. And you were just saying some people can perform like animals in yes. practice. And then when the lights mm-hmm. get turned on, the crowd's there, yep. they, they shrivel up. Yep. And yep. what my question is, is, is when it comes to wrestling, it seems like you guys always had to be very autonomous. Like you had to, you had to be like your own kind of motivator, your own like Big time. disciplinary. It's the, it's the hardest part. Yep. And a lot of it was yep. like, you know, like you didn't want to disappoint yourself or your parents or whoever yep. in football, yep. it's kind of the opposite. You're yes. like, you're sort of in the system. The coaches are like gods. Like yep. they are the ones who make or break you. Yep. And if you just follow the rules, you'll be okay. Yep. And yeah. is that how it is with wrestling? Like, did you guys really like, I know there's coaches and like, I know Steve, you coach, yep. but like, is it, 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 it seems like it's a little bit different. It's, it's much different. And so, so this aspect of wrestling, like I always try to explain it to people. Uh, this is the reason why I'm such a proponent of it. It's one of my, you know, I, I mean, I sound, I, I love wrestling, so I'm a little biased, but I'm, I'm so pro wrestling for the fact that there's a couple aspects of this, of this, uh, this little phenomenon with wrestling. One is people don't realize that it's not the match that makes wrestlers wrestlers. It's everything else. So mm-hmm. when I have to lose weight, there's nobody there with me. There's no coach telling me to go do it. There's actually my mom telling me, please, can you eat? Please don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's up to you to put on that plastic suit after practice and go jog for five miles. Yeah. And right. it's yep. the same way where if I'm on a football field, because don't get me wrong. I said this with Matt, too. I think he's the same way. We said this earlier that football was my first love. I still love football. I think even love maybe it. more than wrestling. So sport, played squires sure. my whole mm-hmm. life, played all the way up until 10th grade, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then they kind of made us either choose one or the other, blah, blah. But uh, mm-hmm. so with the with the wrestling aspect too, it, it teaches two giant life lessons. The first one is accountability, and there's nothing mm-hmm. like wrestling because if I like you know me and I we were saying one of my one of the um, maniacs of my uh, really good friends Romeo. Like when we were young kids, we mm-hmm. got to play the line together. Like if I didn't pick up a block, Romeo would clean him out for me, and vice versa. We mm-hmm. always had each yeah. other's backs. We were out there. There's nothing like yeah. that in wrestling, yeah. right? So if I don't work out hard or I don't feel good that day, it doesn't matter because you're the only one out there and there's no excuse. It, and if you mm-hmm, don't want to work mm-hmm. hard at practice or you don't want to, you know, do the moves or you don't want to put in the work, it will show immediately. So you learn yeah, that, mm-hmm. that immediate accountability that if I, if I want something and I want to look good, mm-hmm. I better bust my ass when people aren't looking because when they are looking in yeah. wrestling, it's going to show if you did or you didn't do the work immediately. Yeah. The other agreed. aspect of it that I always really, really like is um, the fact of uh, learning how to accept a loss. 
So I tell my kids this all the time. Like there's when this is why we say too, the wrestling parents are crazier than any group of parents there is on the planet because of the fact that yep. when little say I have a son, little Timmy loses at a football game. I say, wasn't me. It was, uh, it was Byers kid. Couldn't get him the ball. <laughs> wasn't my kid. Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know, or I go, you know, it, Matt missed yeah. that tackle. It wasn't my kid. Yeah. We're in wrestling. When they watch yeah. their kid lose, there's nowhere to point, but inward. So they start to go berserk, right? Moms. Att- I've seen moms yeah. run on mats at youth tournaments, pull other kids off their kids. Oh, moms yeah. straight fight. On oh, their- yeah. it's, it's, it's bananas, but it teaches a kid yeah. that it, it's almost the opposite of this climate nowadays, where when, when, you know, the, the analogy I always use was, when you were a kid and I came home in second grade and said, mom, my teacher sucks. You went, well, guess what? Buttercup, you're going to suck it up. Maybe we'll get a better one next year. And you go, all right. Well, nowadays, yeah. little Timmy comes home and says, mom, my teacher sucks. She says, I'll make a, I'll make a call and change it. Right. So now little Timmy mm-hmm. grows yeah. up thinking that the world bends to him. He doesn't adapt to the world. And that's what you know, one of the yep. biggest problems I think with shit nowadays. And it's the same thing yeah. right there yeah. within wrestling Agreed. in wrestling. There's, there's you, you, there's nothing I always tell my kids, all my wrestlers right now. I didn't win matches because I enjoyed winning. I won because I hated losing that much. Yep. And it, it fucking is the in wrestling, there's nothing more mentally taxing than or any one-on-one sport. Anything. I don't care. I don't care if it's mm. fucking trap. When you lose or sweat, mm-hmm. you lose one-on-one to a person, it is it's debilitating. Like, you know, I, I as tough as you want to act or wrestlers are, there's been a yeah. thousand times I had to go in the locker room and fucking cry and spike shit and flip out and i was only doing that because i know i didn't work hard enough or work as hard as that kid and that's why he got that. so you know that i think that's the big thing in like wrestling that and my kids you know it's just weird uh so the school i'm not gonna name that i coach at currently we uh we have a little bit of a different it's not a big wrestling school so we get some like posture kids that didn't grow up wrestling they don't really mm-hmm. get it and some of these kids i watch go out and literally get the snot beat out of them and they walk up the mat laughing and I'm like, I don't understand how you could do that. Like for me, there's yeah. no way, like I would either, there's either one or the other thing I would do. I would either stop that and go to a different sport or I would figure it yeah. out because I, I, I'm not trying to get beat up all the time. Yeah. Like I would be, and I remember one time we had a match and I lost and I was like really upset afterwards. And you even came up to me You're like, look, man, losing happens. But I feel like, cause I was like crying. And I was very upset. Yep. And like, you have it in your mind. Like, you don't want to let your team down. And also you'd fucking, if I was okay with that, I think that would have made you more upset yep. than you being like, seeing yeah. how like it beat me up. Yeah, that, you that's know what all I mean? That's like, I knew what coach, I did. That's all you want to see as a coach. You care. I want to see you care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Give a and I think there's, yeah. there, there's certain advantages and disadvantages to both when it comes to a sport like football, mm-hmm. that's very collaborative mm-hmm. and it, like it's multiple people trying to take on one personality. Mm-hmm. And wrestling, where it's like I said, it's autonomous. Yes. You control you. You're the master of your own fate. If you go out there and win, nobody can stop you. Nobody can come in the ring. You know, it's not like yep. professional wrestling yep. where someone's going to like throw a steel chair in there. Like if you keep winning, you keep winning. Yep. And I, I had a lot of issues with that, especially when I got to high school, um, where I just was conditioned to never, ever, ever let a little bit of fear or anything come into my brain. Yep. And I mean, I played at North Penn and we played some incredible teams. Oh yeah. That had like division yeah. one players, players that ended up going to the pros and Hell stuff. Yeah. And I remember in the off season, yep. we would get the schedule for the next year. And um, for example, the, we stopped playing St. Joe's prep for like 
five or six mm-hmm. years. Yep. Um, I know that like in like 03, before 03, before they won the state championship, North Penn played the prep and then they stopped playing yeah. them for a while. And then finally we were going to get them back on our schedule. And like they had, I think like Andy Reed's kid was on the team and uh, there was some other like the offensive but coordinator. For, for those that don't know, St. Joe's Prep is a team or it's a school that can recruit, but they're a nationally ranked team every, almost every year. Giant yeah. And prep. they had a ton of NFL players come out of that yeah, school. Yeah, they're allowed to ton. recruit. And, and we just, were, just we're... to put a side note in, they fucking sucked when I was in school. Until they could recruit, <laughs> they were fucking trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, and and so finally we had them back on our schedule and yep. it was the off season. It was like spring and we were just doing like speed camp, which is just where kids, you know, become faster. Yep. And I remember there was like a group of kids uh, that were looking at the schedule and they're like, oh shit, we got prep. This guy's going D1. This guy, you know, ran for a billion <laughs> yards last year. This is going to suck, man. And I got so pissed at them for showing like for basically giving us an L yep. like in the spring, yeah. the game was even a cup. And the thing is, is yeah. like, I had to deal with that. I eventually became a captain on that team. And I knew that like part of the deal, part of our success was based on getting these people who already were terrified to even go into this game to actually get motivated somehow. And I didn't want to fucking deal with any of that. It sucked. Yep. And we ended up, we ended up beating them. Thank God. And, and, and it was awesome. But like, I, yeah. I would have loved to have done wrestling. I should have just done wrestling and I only had to motivate myself. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you what, Steve was a big proponent of that type of attitude. Two types of attitude. One was we might fuck with each other, but no one fucks with us. Yep, that brother right? mentality. Like, we, you, I can beat my brother. Exactly. Beat the shit out of me daily. Somebody else put a hand on me. They're getting, they getting fucked you, up. They're fucking dead. Yep. Exactly. And the second thing is, the second mentality he had was fuck them. I don't care if they never <laughs> lost a three time state champ, they have to fucking yeah. beat us. Right. So fucking let them try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, having that, those two types of attitude are very important. <laughs> I thought when it came to wrestling and, and, and that, life really. Yeah. And in that same spirit, uh, you mentioned Nishamani earlier and I would just like to send out a big <laughs> fuck you to Nishamani who is hey, one of the, in, my, right. in my three years at North Penn, Nishamity is the only team that beat us more than once. Nishamity beat us like three times. Their coach was a psychopath. I, I hate Nishamity so bad. Man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. One of the, I remember we had, when we had Pete on, we talked about one of the matches where Pete came through big time beating Nishamity was thousand? one of those matches. Yeah. It came down to, I try to tell people all the time about Pete and I was like, this this kid came into the high school and I remember when you guys I remember when you guys came in in your sophomore years and I was already a junior yeah and we mm-hmm. already had a couple heavyweights and like a nice kid and mm-hmm. uh, who's no longer you know uh, passed away whatever but we had a guy in there and other kids and they were all like no we're pretty good we wrestled we were little we're gonna this this kid Pete doesn't look like any he's a big kid but he don't look like nothing like he's gonna do nothing and I'm like are y'all about to get yeah. fucked up I was like yeah. you don't you don't understand I'm like no no no. Pete not only is all of 6'3", 265. My man had used to have to skip a lunch here and there to make weight of heavyweight. Yeah. But Pete also, yeah. not only was he very strong like a bear, but Pete knew how to fucking wrestle. And when you're that size, sure you did. know how to wrestle like that. I still laugh the two times we beat Upper Perk for uh, the District 1 championship. Uh, he had a wrestle. I forget the kid's name, but he was literally like, uh, this is before they had the 220 weight. He was like a 200-pound kid. And he was super athletic football player, super talented. Just mm-hmm. couldn't do a fucking thing against a monster like me. Nope. 
Pete nope. was just he, he wrestled Plus, too long. He was too talented to yeah. like. And, it was just and he ridiculous. was sick of it. He was sick of losing. Yep. Pete was like one of those. He had lost as a young kid, yep. and he just flipped a switch. And he's like, I'm done. Plus, two people don't know this because he is he's the nicest the fucking nicest guy. Nicest human I've ever right? fucking met. Pete's the best. Yeah. But but when he when he steps on the mat and when he puts it on, like I've seen Pete. I've only seen Pete get mad two times, and it was terrifying. Yes. It's a big it's man. Like, that's a big man. He is legit a polar bear. Yeah. Big man. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's like got a head like a log. Yeah. Huff as they come. Yeah. Yes. You could yeah. you could do beat, not, yeah. So you could hit him with a bat and ain't go. gonna do shit. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. act like a big guy either. No, he's a, a big like, teddy. If you, if you had a, a phone call with him, you wouldn't even know that he's like a giant. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Such a great his parents Super are smart. that way yeah. too. You know, I think it was a, a byproduct Agreed. of how he was raised. His dad's a great human. Agreed. His sister's a great person. His they're great people. Yeah. Great people. Yeah. I actually we booked we booked his parents to be on. So they're gonna oh, his dad's the interviews. fucking man. He's the man. He's the fuck. I can't wait because his dad owned a deli, a deli in, in the, the northeast yeah, for yeah, like forever. Fucking years. Hence why yeah. his son so I was, can't wait to hear that. Hence why his son is six three three hundred. <laughs> Pete was eating. Oh well. yeah, well Pete. Yeah. But you know, he could, you know what I mean? Fucking that was a so, oh, speaking of eating, I did want to bring this up. So I've talked about this on the show before about how our nutrition back then was, was well, nutrition's what we're calling it, but it wasn't. How dare you? So how Steve, dare you? Steve here, Steve here, his after weigh-in, his after weigh-in meal. So like we would have weigh-ins, you haven't eaten in days, right? You're so like dehydrated and malnourished and like you're beat to shit, right? So you'd think like you'd want to get something good in you, right? Like I remember one kid used to eat a tub of cheese balls, right? <laughs> what? But Steve's after weighing meal every time was an Italian hoagie, right, Steve? Oh, wow. A lot of the times, yes. He, <laughs> he would eat good. a whole Italian hoagie. The, Jake, next time, next time you're feeling froggy, try not eating for two days. Try not drinking for like a day and like a little over a day. While working and out. Then wait. While, While working, working out. out like three Jogging. times a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then uh weigh yourself and then uh 10 seconds after you step off the scale, uh house a foot long Italian hoe. <laughs> so, tell so me what, how you feel. Maybe so, that was a and then go I'm, wrestle. And then yeah. go wrestle. Maybe it was a bad Italian hoagie could you on imagine? So like what dude, could you imagine? So what Joe Rogan always <laughs> said too, what Rogan always says is that it's not uh wrestling that builds the character in wrestlers. He said it's, or the reason why they flourish in sports like MMA, it's the fact that they've been preconditioned forever to not only absolutely deplete themselves of, nu of nutrients, but then perform at the highest level right after, because we're not getting the IVs. Like he just said, I am completely nope. depleted. I'm eating horseshit reprocessed shit meat from Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not getting an IV. Like you're going out there feeling like an nope. asshole. But you just know that it's either kind of show, soda, and carbs. Oh, we're yeah. lethargic. Yep. I mean, my senior you know, year. You still went and still go. So my senior year yeah. to make that run, I had to, uh, like he was saying, there's that kid Mark Smith at 140. And I was trying to win fucking districts and regionals and sectionals. So I was like, I had mm -hmm. enough of this asshole. He was Woodrin, at 140. Would win, win districts. Yes. So he put, so uh, <laughs> when they did it, they do a thing in the beginning of the year. They call it, um your uh your your certs right your certifications they take your body yeah. mass the, the lowest weight you can yes, get to yes. right hell uh okay they well nowadays it's they they stipulate you have to do this certain amount but back in the day they would tell you your weight and your weight meant that uh basically it would tell you that uh hey at this weight you're at, at 
uh, I think it was 4.5% is where you start to cannibalize yeah. muscle. And, you know, you're no longer losing fat. Yeah. You're literally just cannibalizing your own muscle. So <laughs> they put that yeah. at there. When I got that, that was at one, uh, 139 for me. So I was like, no problem. I would wrestle 140, 145 most of the year. Then for the postseason, yep. they give you what they call a two-pound allowance. So 135 yep. turns into 137. And I was looking at the landscape mm-hmm. down there. And besides Brad Forbes, I was like, I'll fuck all these kids up. So I was like, no problem. I'll just <laughs> lose the did. weight. The only problem was I've never that was I've never felt more shitty in my life. I've never felt like that. Ever. I look like I look back at pictures. I was I looked like an emancipated, like third world. Oh, you were like child. a Holocaust oh, victim, it man. Awful. It was awful. awful. So I'll say I'll say this. I've I've been a part and seen some really tough cuts. Do you remember when you were a junior and asshole was a senior? Yes. And his cut for the Beast of the East. Do you remember that? Is this the one with he me? Is this was, the, this which one was it? Uh, was it just a match or was it um, or was it Bethlehem Liberty where the famous rolled his ankle while losing weight at the LC track? <laughs> and, and, then come, and then I was like, dude, you roll your ankle, and your brother's like, between me and you, I just I was way too fucking over. I was like, fuck this, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah. So this is what happened. Tom yeah, was a psychopath so that too. Tom sucked so, the fucking weight. That kid was a psychopath he, that. He did thir- he did 13 pounds overnight. Was his, while he was, was in shape. Record. People hear that. It's not like Tom was fat. Mm-hmm. Tom was already in shape. He didn't have and then lost yep. 13 pounds. He was shredded, 12 pack, everything. And yeah. lost 13 pounds. And oh Steve God. was the same way. Yeah, it was and how old would he have been? Senior year? What year was it? Yeah, that? senior. So he would have been 17. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I remember. So uh, I know we've made our dad sound, my dad sound really good on this show. Your dad's, your dad's a <laughs> but, uh, legend. Stop it. That, that guy took you sure, you such, sure a, was. such a no-nonsense motherfucker. He's one of them dads. When he came around, I me and Tom would stop giggling like fucking morons. Straighten the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. It was yes, sir, yeah, for sure. You're goddamn but, right. So, so uh, the night that uh, asshole lost 13 pounds in one night, we were, we won't say the person's name and please don't say his name. But we were at uh, this uh, one of our wrestling coaches' houses, and he had a sauna. And the we couldn't wear plastics because it was too hot, and they melted. Yep. And my old man was in there, and he had a credit card, and he would like schlick the sweat off us because the sweat would get so hot it would scold our skin, right? <laughs> and and assholes in there, right? And he's overweight, you know what I mean? And we're like, all right, uh, take a break from the the sauna. And my dad walks out and God, I forget who the other person, I might've been wit and wit walks out and then asshole is about to walk out. And my dad shut the door and locked him in there. (laughs) Unreal. Unreal. (laughs) And then he pat and then, and then he passed out. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey man. Hey, he made weight. I'll tell you that. He made weight. And it was, I'll tell you it. He would if he did. It was to go to. It was regionals too. Oh boy! So if he would have missed weight, he would have. He would have killed himself. Yeah, he would have. Your dad he knew he that too. Killed himself. Yeah, your dad knew that. Too. Yeah, it was a. He did. He oh. was doing like. He was doing what he thought best. Which, like in hindsight, had he not done, I mean, maybe he could have gone away with not doing that. Who right, knows? Right. But he did make weight, and had he not, uh, asshole would regret it for yes, the rest of his I life. Agree, and it would ruin his life. So me yeah. and Hill, we always laugh. Me and Hill said that there was going to be a. Uh, if something happened to me and him, which, you know, we're going on, uh, I don't know, fifth, almost 20 years now out of high school. So hopefully this doesn't yeah. just slide up on us now because now it's not so funny. But <laughs> me and him, because uh, Brandon sucked a fuckload of weight too, like a psychopath. 
And, uh, and just yep. uh, so you know, uh, like Brandon, so I, I knew all the guys on the team, but Brandon's a North Wales borough boy like me. So I grew up on South yeah. 6th Street. Brandon was on South 4th Street. Known the kids since we were babies, right? And uh, yeah. so me and Brandon were always like, that was my guy. And we end up uh, deciding that we find they just came out with those um, uh, shitty ass weight loss pills back in the day, the stackers, right? Stagger. <laughs> so oh shit, Steve, do you remember that? Me and Brandon <laughs> in the mornings, they would tell you to take one. They came in a three pack. Fuck that. We're from North Wales. We're taking all of them, right? So we take all of yep. them and on a on an empty stomach, and we just we would run in the mornings too. So we ran for like an hour in the stairwell, which was always strange because Wit would literally not even change his clothes from the sweaty clothes. He would just walk into school with them on, which is another story for itself. <laughs> lunatic. Don't blow up, Wit. L- lunatic. <laughs> So me and, love wit. Me, and, the best. me and Brandon would go over to the soda machine and find the highest caffeine soda, which back then was like Jolt Cola. And we'd fucking yep. get one of those, take our three stackers and slam that soda. And those stackers have like 500 milligrams of caffeine in them too. And a whole bunch of shit that nobody knows that probably got scraped off the fucking Federer was in there. It all fucking Federer was in there, wasn't it? Uh, all types. It was it illegal now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we used to take them at like three to four a morning. And I would be so... My blood pressure would be so high during the day. For the first three periods, yeah. I did my work, and I didn't even like school work. I did my work, the person next to me's work. <laughs> I ran in between classes. <laughs> and then literally by the time we got to practice, I like I couldn't hold my head up. I couldn't breathe. Our hearts were palpitating yeah. out of our chest. Yeah. So hopefully that's I remember, Stoops, you, you used to come to uh you used to come to my homeroom every morning and get some. What too. chick was it? What chick was in I your homeroom? yeah uh so but uh before we move on i will say the asshole story so what had happened was is i was asleep in the living room that's my friend okay a hole was uh was was out running right and he was like dude i think he was like four over five oh maybe more because he would cut like nine in an afternoon like he would like wake up be nine over and then make weight that night at 7 30 you know what I mean? Yep. So like he was like, I think it was one of those days. And he I because what had happened was he was over, came home, saw like a pitcher of lemonade <laughs> on the counter, <laughs> drank it, right? And then like made tried to make stuff throw up. He couldn't do it. And then he tried to go run, like he went running, and then I was asleep in the living room. He came in and like shook me, like crawling in. <laughs> he came in and shook me. He's like, dude, my ankle. I think I broke my ankle. And right away, my first thought was like, "You're such a fucking yeah, you liar." Like, I know. <laughs> but I was like, but then I had like, obviously, I I wasn't gonna sell him out and yeah. be like, "Dude, I'm man." Yeah, it's your he went to the hospital yep. and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and had crutches the whole night, and that was only for that match. Oh and then he was fine the next match. Wait, has he ever has he ever uh, acknowledged this, or does he does oh, he yeah. still claim that? He yeah, was- oh yeah, he, oh, okay. he acknowledged it later in the year. Oh yeah. Tom, oh, okay. Tom mentioned it, I think, after the match. He, like, dropped the crutches and was like, got him! <laughs> <laughs> if, if there's ever a trap, this is literally what he just said right there is the last thing for this. There's a, there is such a trap with wrestlers when you're cutting, or anything, when you're cutting hard, hard weight. Yeah. People in uh, yeah. MMA, I've talked to about this, uh, going to jiu-jitsu yeah. tournaments, wrestling tournaments. You have, like, you're with real what a weight cut, like a real one. You wake up, you can't go to sleep yeah. because you're so dehydrated. There's no spit in your mouth, right? So you can't even swallow. Mm-hmm. You're fucking going nuts. Yep. You have that gross film on your lips because you're so dehydrated. And uh, at mm-hmm. night, yep. you're like, you know what? You do what they call float weight at night, right? So your body naturally metabolizes yep. some. You're able to, like, you know, drop. Mm-hmm. When you're cutting weight, you only lose, like, a couple tenths. Mm-hmm. If you're a normal human, you'll lose, like, two pounds overnight, right? Just sleeping. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
uh, at the middle of the night when you're cutting terrible weight, you go into the fridge and you're like, you already preface yourself. You're like, I'll take one sip. And then you pick up a thing of water or, or juice or whatever. The second it touches your lips, and biggest you, mistake. You just start biggest mistake. It. And then all of a sudden, like you, <laughs> uh. don't even, you don't even think. And next thing you know, you just drank a gallon of water and you know you're fucked now. And you're just like, oh this is my insane. God, what am I doing? <laughs> my, what I did, I did this. Uh, so when I fought in the cage, mm-hmm. I had like, it was, I, had to, I took the fight on two weeks' notice. Never a good and idea. I was like 14. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, it ended up being okay. Yeah, yeah. But, that I was 14 pounds over the week, like four days out, right? So I'm getting close to the, it was on a Friday, Friday night was weigh-ins. So I'm getting close to the weigh-ins, right? And I came up with the bright idea to free, to make cubes of ice out of Pedialyte. Hell yeah. Right? So I did that, dude, not going to lie, because it, 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 it did work. I ended up making the weight and the cubes did help. But I was so like just so dead, like dead. My muscle, everything. I was just felt like such a noodle. But I was gonna say, when you're talking about floating weight, when you're going to sleep, like oh, I'll float like half. Oh, if I could float. You like wake half up and you gained a ten. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my God. Is there anything worse than like it? One, if you gained a 10th, you're fucking, you want to kill yourself. Yep. Or if it does, if you don't lose any at all, you're like, Oh fuck. Yes. Fucking kill. Nothing me. worse to start yeah. your day that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, this is going to be a long day, yep. but okay. So we've, we've talked about wrestling enough. We are going to talk about wrestling again later. Cause like we said, Steve is still coaching wrestling at this time. But I did want to get into a new segment of the show called Memory Lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. Memory Lane is where we bring up some topics from the 90s and discuss if they are still super radical, bruh, or, or if they're totally lame-ski, lame as in L-A-M-E, like not cool. All right, so, uh, Steve-Bo, it is uh, a tradition on the show that the guests will bring up their Memory Lame item first. Uh, if you could please present us with your first Memory Lame item or topic or whatever it is. So this is something that was a uh, a rite of passage in my neighborhood growing up, right? So I like it. There I like was it already. Little something called I don't know I don't know how old you guys, you guys remember this, but a little something called a roller racer. Roller racers got me going. Get down and go. go. Don't know how it does it. How's it do it? How's it go? Roller racers got me. You just sit down and swing. No motor. But something really moves that thing. I got a roller racer, roller racer's got me. I don't get so it. So roller racer it. was like a small seat roller for your ass cheeks, and it had two little roller handles, and you put your feet on this thing and you went you wiggled side easily. to side. Oh, and it would move. Yeah, yeah, right? okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. looking so, at it right now. <laughs> so of course that little piece of shit didn't do enough for us because we're psychopaths in North Wales. And yeah, we decided are. that the best way to do it was to tie a ski rope to a bike and start at the biggest hill we could find <laughs> and then come whipping around the neighborhood with this on the back, right? Oh. And oh. I'm pretty sure if there's any guy between that was born between the years 1980 and 1986 from North Wales, they got a nice big roller racer scar somewhere on their body. 
<laughs> oh my god now were they meant Dude, for you to have thing, a okay I'm time now this is ridiculous yeah, oh, this the, thing has to be oh, illegal now oh, right? it was, they don't produce these when our anymore. parents got them for us they were like oh they're cute they can't do too much with it because you can't go that fast if you don't have an assistance from your other asshole friends yeah so they were yeah. like oh these things are great they'll be fine with them and then they saw us come flying down the street with a bike and a rope tied to it and people just completely <sighs> road rash losing skin yeah teeth breaking you arms no your your neighborhood is basically basically on a hill yes you know yep. like your whole neighborhood it's it's a hill yep. so you could go on any street and you're you just like tuck and right, roll. let's go hell yeah <laughs> jesus you, yeah they were that, oh. thing, that thing was uh quite the uh the uh tool for well, us as we, a kid i remember one of the big things uh that we would do and i don't know this wasn't like a rite of passage thing but it was one thing we would do in the neighborhood if you had a skateboard and your buddy had pegs you'd lay on your stomach on the skateboard yeah. and grab the pegs <laughs> and they would go hitting your hair and your forehead you're like, yeah. Ah. yeah but then like you, they would you would let go and they would turn and you're just rocking like Hell shooting yeah. oh it was awesome yeah, until you like, yeah. you know, face first into whatever. It's it, tough, tough to stop that way. Yeah, no brakes. Out of respect for those skeleton racers. No, yeah. no brakes. No so, brakes on them. No, no brakes. So, yeah. All right, nice. So, like, dude, I'll tell you what. Fucking a. Uh, well, let's uh, let's vote on it. Uh, so, shake diggity. What are your thoughts on roller racing down a hill with a <laughs> fucking attached to a bike and whipping around? end yeah. up with it what are your thoughts i think this thing's rad and especially with the modified uh way that the end up kids okay. it is, is super correct rad. correct <laughs> i would say uh the roller racer by itself is corny. not so rad, not so but, rad. What, but when you but when you end up the shit out of it this thing is fucking rad i'll tell you that right now i'm voting rad uh steve your vote please uh I'm going to go with, I don't think I have a visible scar anymore, so lame, because I didn't obviously ride as hard oh, as I could have. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Disappointing. Yep. Jeez. Yep. That's funny. <laughs> All That's right. Funny. So, nice. Okay. So, very good. So, very good. All right. Loved it. So, Shake, your memory lame item today, please. Sure. Uh, can I ask a uh, North Wales question, since we're on the topic? Hell yeah. Shoot, brother. This is... Yep. I heard a North Wales, and I don't know if, I'm not going to mention the person's name, but you can bring it up and maybe we will mention his name. Oh, I'll know it. But somebody, it involves somebody going in a storm drain and like traveling. It was like during like a hurricane or something. Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? I sure do. What? What? No. (laughs) What is this? This was another kind of, it was a kind of another rite of passage. So there was a lot of. A lot of small creeks, a small creek of part of the Wissahickon runs through North Wales because it kind of starts out around there. And there's small little portions, but there's these little tiny, it's only little tiny shit drainage creeks. They're not like full bread creeks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when it rained, they would get super aggressive. There's one that goes under Montgomery Avenue. There's another one on 7th Street. Yeah. And they're almost just these little tubes underneath that we used to run through and stuff. But once it got, the water yeah. got a, a moving, you could grab the pipe and like hang under it and let it like drag your body. And Whoa. so, so said this legendary psychopath from our neighborhood got stuck under there and me, his brother and a couple other people pretty much thought we were watching him drown. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What are we allowed? Uh, is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, we won't yeah, say their my, name. No, was my fucking guy. It's Chaz Ziggler, who was, who's no longer around. Oh but yeah, shit. Chuck was, yeah. the, he was, he was always the guy to want to, and Sean Day did it. Because he was a lunatic, he became a Navy SEAL later. By the way, <laughs> fucking Navy SEAL, um, sure did. But, friend of the show, friend of the show. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then yeah. who was the other 
Oh man, I forget. Uh, Josh. Um, the boys. Yes, that's my guy. Yes. Yeah, that's Josh. another. <laughs> I, I've I've seen and heard some stories about him. We the boys one time. Yeah, I ended up with him down in Ocean City, New Jersey one time, and he he was on the rampage, and oh, we, were yeah. trying, we were trying to keep him out of trouble. Him and his brother, too. Him and his brother were both uh, cannoneers that were good football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His absolutely. brother was a monster. Yeah, that's so funny. Anyway, yeah, North Wales, great stories. <laughs> Jesus Christ. you fuck, um, There's something in the water with you fucking loon. I'll tell you what. I will say, like, we have, like, friendly friendly, friendly rivalry with some of the North Wales guys, yeah, yeah. but I think we always got along with you guys. Like, yes. our neighborhood always got along with your neighborhood just because we we're all, like, kind of the same kind of blue-collar crazy dumbasses. Yes. You know what I mean? But you guys, there's something in the water, you crazy fucks, every one of you. <laughs> I would love to have, like, I would love to have, like, a, a North Wales Legends episode where you just have a bunch of legends on and everyone tells a fucking crazy story from North Wales and then we fucking blast it out. The weird part, yeah. too, it was so diverse. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we had, like, me and Brandon were the only two in the neighborhood that wrestled. Yeah. And then we mm -hmm. had, like, great football players in Zeblum and Romeos who were nasty football and players. And track stars, then too. We, then we had track stars and Victor Jakes and Matt Henderson. And then we had baseball stars and Bo yeah. Ziegler and... You know what I mean? Like we had, we had a, a yeah. little bit of everybody yeah. kind of had their own like in betweens. It was weird. Okay, um, let's see here for memory lane this week. I'm gonna offer up. Let's go with uh, Blockbuster Video. Nobody has the movie I want. Hey, if it's on video, Blockbuster probably has it. I mean, we have over ten thousand videos. Wow. I'll watch these fast and have them back tomorrow, I promise. Relax. At Blockbuster, you can keep your videos for three evenings, so take home plenty. And, and use our 24-hour quick drop. Do you have any children's videos? Sure. Blockbuster's America's family video store. You know, we have more kids' videos than any place else. And more movies, more nights, more fun. Blockbuster Video. Wow. What a difference. Whoa. Whoa. Blockbuster Video. Ooh. Uh, okay, so, all right, real quick, though. So Blockbuster video is big, but do you remember Hollywood video yeah, too? Yeah, hell yeah, they had better yeah. games, oh, yeah. video game consoles in Hollywood. I, yeah, yeah, Hollywood was all right. And, I liked and, them both though. And but fuck Blockbuster because they would charge you extra. You didn't rewind your fucking uh, tape. You suck my nuts. Uh, <laughs> Rewinding the tape. Rewind, be kind. They're like, sorry, my mom's like, you know that movie we rented? I had to pay an extra ninety-nine cents because you didn't rewind it. I'm like, what? <laughs> be kind please rewind i'm like what, oh my god what head hates their life enough that his job is to literally pop every fucking vhs tape in and see what's not rewound uh, <laughs> and then snitch on you like that fucking dickhead yeah i'm dude no wonder they didn't fucking yeah no wonder there's no blockbusters yeah. anymore well, dude, i remember i got rental video in, places in general you guys, i got oh. i got such I got such an ass beating one time because I we had rented the movie Grease, right? Mm -hmm. And we rented the movie Grease and we lost the cover, like the plastic cover, right? Well, they and they back. went to return. Oh, yeah, because we couldn't find it, right? And my mom's like, it's $13 for this fucking cover. I'm taking it out of your ass. And I was like, ah, ah, mom. And then we found the uh, we found the cover behind the trash can. That's so right. it, uh, it all turned out great. But yeah, 
And I didn't even rent the movie, but I was the one that got fucking shit for it. You remember yeah. their, anyway, you remember yeah, their, renting movies. Do you remember their, uh, their like promo model where they used to show you that the store was big enough to fit a dinosaur in? And that was like their shtick. <laughs> they had a commercial. They'd no. like a fucking brontosaurus or some shit in the store and be like, Another, <laughs> this store is so big you could fit a dinosaur. And I was like, damn, I got to go there. <laughs> That's great. Dude, That's I do, great. I do miss when they would have like, the big like poster cutouts, you know, yeah. like when you were walking. Yeah. I remember specifically there was a video store. I remember this as a little kid. There was one that had a uh, big cardboard cutout of the Sandlot. Hell yeah, you know, oh, man. which I was like, oh, that's the coolest. Hell yeah, yeah, that would yeah. Be awesome Dude, I, there is some shit. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's no way you're getting that now, pal. Nah. You know, yeah. Jeez. I and I, but I, eventually soon we'll be able to get holograms. So that would be yeah. Nice. And I, I actually miss it now. Like even on the weekends now, like my wife and I, like we don't have any kids, so we have nothing to do all the time. And usually on like the weekends, uh, like, nothing is the best thing. I was about to say that sounds. Right I don't now. have kids, but I can only imagine how my brother would respond yeah. to that exact uh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. If if nothing was what we were doing, that would be my best. Well, fucking just to show, just to show you how bored we are, I <laughs> and my wife always yells at me. She goes, "You say this every weekend." I tell her, "I wish I could just walk around a blockbuster or, or, a, or a video store right Hell now, yeah. looking at movies and stuff." <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, dude! I'll tell you, like that was like a thing though. Like we, I'm not, like we built... it's too. You can't cruise around on Netflix. It's nah. too annoying. Yep. You know. Oh, it's and you never find it. Nope. Like yeah. I, I cruise around on Netflix and then I end up. All right, I'll just fucking. I'll That's go to Hulu always then, what I happens. Or I, I just, or I just settle on you some know? shit I don't even want to watch. I'm like, fuck it, I'll try mm -hmm. this. Yeah, and then yeah. you turn it off yeah. in 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. You know, like come man, on. When I was a little kid, my my dad would take me to the. It was called West Coast Video. Hell like yeah. Video yeah. Store. Yeah. I played on West Coast video baseball. Yeah, me too. I love West Coast video. It used to be right next to the Romeo's uh, uh, fine art store for a minute, which we always used to go in there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Over by, like, Peddlers yes. and them? Yeah. Yep. Damn, I yeah. didn't know that. Peddlers, man. Peddlers rule. Yeah. I love Peddlers. Peddlers was the fucking um, place. Yeah. But my dad would take me in there, and I always went right to, like, the horror section. And I was, like, a little kid. And I used to get so scared <laughs> just looking at the covers of, like, the VHSs. Yeah. Like hocus pocus, yeah. And of course, my dad, like jokingly, would always jokingly like sort of push me towards the adult section. Yes, I was about me, to like, say, and I'd be like mortified. They're like, Dad, I can't go. I was about to and, like, say, yeah. Now I think back about how funny that was. That's like, awesome. That must, must That's the best. I remember glancing at that room in the back and seeing that room and like the little door with the black like fucking curtain yeah. that hung over it. You were like, Oh, that's yeah. the room. The boom, oh, boom, dude! Boom. I would love, I would love if there was like we could talk to someone who owned a video store for like thirty years and just be like, dude, what kind of through. shit were you seeing? Keep and rent, like, like, like when you saw like a creeper come in, or what was even worse, like say, there. Well, well, like say if they had, say if they had kids, right? What if they saw their kid's teacher come in and buy like you know Gangbang Twenty Seven or yep. back, oh you know, God. bend over and say Ah Five. You know what I mean? Yep. And they're walking out and like, oh wow, I didn't know that well, person was in. I mean, Asia. they must have right. made you know? all. Their, <laughs> they must have made all their money on that because you know they certainly had those sections and they never got rid of them. Nope. So oh. They definitely made all their money. I mean, I remember. As I was. I never was old enough to go in one. I remember no, as little kids just even driving by fucking adult world, and if you saw a guy out front walking, oh, you're like, my you God. fucking pervert! Yeah. <laughs> well, no, so, on well. <laughs> 
what we what we used to do and this is from my buddy ryan payton who listens to the show can't wait to have him on front of the show but what we used to do and he gave us this idea when we would drive by adult world we would yell dad dad what are you doing what about mom what are you doing dad don't go in there that's great that's <laughs> that was great. until one guy turns around Dude, and goes, that's Fuck a- that bitch you're like whoa buddy whoa <laughs> so yeah so okay, so let we dude, I'll tell you, it was a. I loved going to the the video store and like, cause we would mm-hmm. go as like when we went, my dad would be like, all right, everyone gets to pick one movie, you know what I mean? Or like it's, or he would be like, okay, it's you know, it's uh, it's Alex's turn, he gets to pick the movie tonight or something like that, right? And we would go get movies and it was fucking dude, it was a time, you know what I mean? It did suck having well like. You could return them in the slot, though. They had, like, a mail slot you could return them in, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. So, we've uh, deliberated enough. So, let's chat about it. So, uh, Steve-Ann, what are your thoughts on old... Well, just say video stores in general. Not just Blockbuster. All video stores. Fuck yeah, I'm with it. Radical? Yes, sir. Shake diggity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely Radical. I'm going to agree. We're going to make it a Mondo Radical on video stores. I miss them. I wish we could go back to them, but I kind of don't because, like Steve said, rewinding sucked. Okay, (laughs) so uh, moving on, we're going to do one more memory lame item from me, and we kind of brushed by it, and I do want to talk about it. Um, Actually, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about something else. Uh, But I want to bring up the game Mousetrap. Hey, hey, get that back. Mouse trouble? You need Mousetrap. Mousetrap. I guarantee it's the craziest trap you'll ever see. The first to capture everyone else's mouse is the winner. Just turn the crank and snap the blank and boot the marble right down the chute. Now watch it roll and hit the bowl and knock the ball in the rubber up tub. Which fits the man into the fan. The trap is set. Here comes the net. Mousetrap. I guarantee it's the craziest trap. Remember the game Mousetrap. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Not the wrestling move. Yeah. The game. You get- not the wrestling move. Yeah, you get, you, <laughs> yeah, you can cut this shake, but uh, after we talked about Adult World, I did want to bring up like VHS porn back in the day, but I don't think Shake would ever, I don't think you're old enough to get into that, but there was a thing. <laughs> but oh, I, I, I'm a, not that, I'm not that young. I'm just a couple years younger than you. All right. I, you know, I didn't know. But bring it up, man. There, but uh, <laughs> I remember telling people this. That back in the day, there was three types of currency before the Internet hit with, you know, what we have now that we all love. But before the Internet hit with an endless supply of porn, there was three types of currency. There was booze, there was drugs, and there was porn. And you could Mm -hmm. trade porn to get one of the other two. And a lot of times you did. (laughs) Yes. You know? Absolutely. And like, like you would have a tape. You would have a tape that you rode the fucking wheels off of this yeah. thing. Like yeah. you had a tape that you watched so many times that you couldn't watch it anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you had like relationships with these tapes. Hell you yeah. know what I mean? You know, like it had like six scenes on it. You're, you know, and you're like, get, you got everything out of every scene. Tell you that right now. Yeah. And when you got a fresh <laughs> tape, oh, when you got a fresh tape, it was like, forget about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh my God. Okay. A, a certain uh, person who provides the music for this show may or may not <laughs> have uh, reached the age where he could actually go to uh, West Coast Video or whatever it was called eventually. I think they switched the names 
And he eventually got to the age where he could go into the adult section. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he, and, and like, he did. He grew up around the corner and must've went in there as like a toddler, you know, and yeah. then whoever owned the place saw him grow to the age where he could finally <laughs> go, go into the adult section. Oh, that's the best. See, that's the kind of shit I would love to hear. Like yeah. you seeing this kid coming in, buying, you know, the yeah. land before time. And then he comes back, now he's buying, buying you know, the bad, bad teachers, 27. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it brings a tear to so, my eye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, but let's talk about Mousetrap, the game. Uh, pretty sure. cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay. So, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, we're done talking about Mousetrap. What are we voting on Mousetrap? Steve, what are your thoughts? The game Mousetrap. Fuck out of my face. Got it. All right, lame. And uh, you, uh, shake diggity. Yeah, it's 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 lame. You you can't even put it together. That the whole game is no. trying to set it up. Yeah, it is. That's that was the, the part. And, and I had it's, it's annoying. And I have ADHD out the wazoo. So like two seconds in, I'd be yeah. like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> yeah, fuck this, fucking fuck this game. Okay, same. So we're gonna mon- round it out with a mondo lame. All right, so. That was another rousing segment of Memory Lame. That's lame as in not cool, like L-A-M-E. Uh, for those of you listening, submit any Memory Lame uh, any memory lame topics or ideas to us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and on the Twitter at Working Peapod. All right, fans, time for a break in the action. Bring you back one of our favorite segments. This is The Date You Hate with our good friend Malcolm Bach. Malcolm, what's the date and what do you hate? The date is April 12th, 1827. So I pull my horse up to this place called Wawa. Says, old lady, and tell you what, she makes the best sandwiches. Well, I've been craving an egg salad sandwich for a while, so I have her make me one. And then after my 15-mile journey home, come home and I take it out of the wrapper and there's no egg salad in it. I mean, what the hell? That's all it is, is eggs and and like mayonnaise and it's not hard to make. I just got bread and cheese. That's the date and that's what I hate. All right. That was the date you hate with our good friend, Malcolm Bach. Now back to the show. All right. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it shaking. Because our boy Steubens here has got a hell of a story. All righty. So our boy Steve was born in Norristown Hospital, lived in Norristown until he was eight. Then he moved to where he would uh, really get, get his roots in and call home, which is N-Dub, which is also known as North Wales. He went to uh, public school, K-12. to Then he went to East Stroudsburg uh, to wrestle for a little bit. And then he came back and went to Montco. Um, while in school, he played football till he was a sophomore. He wrestled till he wrestles still till present day. Uh, he played baseball till he was a sophomore and then, uh, you know, stopped that. But wrestling was his big thing. As we know, Steve's old man, great dude, right? Great dude. Real good guy. Salt of the earth, blue collar guy. Uh, he owns a uh, garage, an auto garage, right? And this mm-hmm. is something that's really fascinating to me because I'm one of those guys like, look, I can change my tire if it's flat, you fuckers. I can, you know, I have changed the oil in my car, all that stuff. But Steve is a whiz when it comes to car stuff. His old man is a whiz. Steve is also a certified welder and he can weld and all that cool shit. So 
we've talked on this episode where there's man, men and dudes. So me and Shake are a bunch of dudes, and Steve is classified as a man. So Steve can work with his hands <laughs> and does all these things. But Steve's been working in the car garage since, what, 11, Steve, would you say? Around there, yep. Yeah, so Man. he's working. So imagine this, Shake, being 11 years old. You come home from school. You have your Pop-Tart. Then you head over to your dad's <laughs> garage, and you're parking cars and changing oils and sweeping up the shop yeah. at 11 years old. Imagine, oh my God. imagine I have a, 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 I'm not going to lie. I do. I'll tell you what I do love when you have like, cause you're trusting your car with someone is a big deal to me, especially. I think everyone's like that. So yeah. when you have a shop like Steve shop where it's like, you trust these guys they are not going to fuck you on the price. They're not going to give you all this mm -hmm. bullshit. Like a, like one of those, you know, the chains would do and they're actually going to do good work and they can do everything. Those are the kind of shops that you like they're hidden gems and you want to find them and you want to know. Them. Of course. And Steve's like yeah. that. But they're also the kind of shops that'll let an 11 year old drive your car <laughs> and change your oil. Right. But if he does a good job, who gives a shit? So, Steve, what would you say like when you were young, let's say from like 11 to like 13, like that age, what kind of jobs would your old man have you doing around the shop? So, to give it a little perspective, I laughed at this because there's like uh, there's one of the only other places that we've been in business 25 years now. Right. We've had about God bless you. We've had maybe two or three guys come in here and work with us. We hired a couple people over the years, maybe like four guys total. None of them really worked out because they just they don't have the work ethic that my old man did that he instilled in me and my brother. Like yep. they're not willing to do yep. what it needs to be done. Right. Well, my dad. Yeah which is kind of weird because my dad's not an immigrant whatsoever. Neither my mom, they're both born in America. Their parents were born in America, but I yeah. had that immigrant upbringing with the family yeah. only small business, nobody, but not even cousins, immediate family, just me, my brother, my dad, yeah. my cousin worked here for mm -hmm. a little bit, but my mom sometimes did the front counter, but it was literally like, you know, I yeah. left the only other one I know around here in North Wales was Tony's pizza. Because their dads, you know, their yeah. their their dad and their mom are both from Sicily, but they literally, you know, it's old school, just mom, dad, brother, yeah. sister, and uh, so with that mentality, my dad had the same mentality with, if you're here and you're a body, you, you're gonna learn some shit today. You're, you know, I'm not gonna. His biggest thing in life was, he doesn't need you to be Einstein, but don't be a fucking moron. Like learn, <laughs> look around, learn stuff. So, you know, yeah. he's like, pay the fuck Use attention. Use your fucking again, head. Again, I don't yeah. need you, like, you know, uh, creating uh, the flux capacitor, but I need you to not be a fucking <laughs> idiot. So he put a lot of, like, yeah. he always, and I think this kind of built up to my mentality of wrestling, too, would always put little challenges in front of you. And then he would kind of, like, give you the, the shit talk of, like, hey, hey, that, that yeah. car right there, I need you to pull it in. I need you to rotate the tires, change the oil. Ah, never mind. And I would go, what? He go, you can't do that. And I'd be like, you uh, motherfucker. And then like, you know, even though I didn't want to do it, he would trick me into doing a lot of stuff because he knows I didn't want to do that. I yeah. want to go fucking ride my three-wheeler or a dirt bike or something. And he'd be like, yeah. ah, I would tell you to do that, but you can't do that. You, you, you definitely couldn't do that. But you've been, so even at that age, and I know guys now that wouldn't, have, like, they would see, like, a normal tool set and not, like, their it would fucking flip their heads over. You know what I mean? So you, at that age, 
were able to like, I bet that you worked on your, your three wheelers and your four wheelers and stuff too, didn't you? Oh yeah. You're fucking hooking them up. You took care of all that stuff and everything like that. So you legit were able to handle tools that were adult tools mm-hmm. and you learn how to use them and, and like learned the value of tools yes. and like being able to work like that. That's like, honestly, that's the best education your parents could have ever gotten for you. He showed me that if I show up and I work hard, he'll get me the shit I want. Like, you want a dirt bike? All right, you got to come into the shop for a month straight. You got to wash the floors every fucking day. I know it sucks. I know they're really dirty. You got to wipe down the (laughs) toolbox. You got to fucking do, you got to clean the toilet. You got to do all that shit. But eventually, trust me, it's going to pay out. And then I get that three-wheeler and be like, oh shit, all right, well. I want a dirt bike next. He's like, well, now it's two months. And I'd be like, fuck, all right. You know, and he taught you that, you know, if you wash your ass, you'll get what you want. And then before you know it, you're changing carburetors. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there's a great saying, uh, Nate Diaz, the, the MMA fighter. We all know Nate Diaz, super famous MMA fighter. He had a saying where he never did jujitsu. Then there's an old head from his neighborhood that was like, hey, come in, do jujitsu, and I'll buy you a burrito afterwards. And he wasn't didn't want to learn jujitsu. He's just fucking hungry. Yeah. Right. So he was like, he would go into jujitsu and then get a burrito, go into jujitsu and then get a burrito. And then before he knew it, he had his fucking blue belt and brown belt and he was killing people. And now he's a legend. Now he is, he is the epitome of the working man's hero. I'll tell you that. I agree. That fucking guy. Great. He is a legend. But so that's the kind of thing your dad did for you. That's fucking awesome. I'll tell you this. That is one skill I would love. Go. It got, it got wild enough that, uh, so, as you may know, Matt, but some people don't know, I was a little wild when I was younger, right? So I made a couple <laughs> mistakes here and there, this and that. You know what I mean? We all couple, do, brother. A couple contacts with the police, you know, things like that. So long story short, sure, I didn't have sure. a license in high school, right? Because I wasn't allowed. Right. Anyway, uh, Same. the state said no go for you, buddy, which was annoying because <laughs> I was driving cars since I was 11. I'm like, fam, I'm a better driver than you, but whatever. So yeah. he... Uh, yeah. I used to come home from high school, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade to my parents' house in North Wales. And my dad's shop was in West Point, which is like about roughly two, three miles away. So I would jump on my yeah. three-wheeler every day and fly yeah. through North Wales, make a couple shortcuts through some woods. And the cops knew, because I'm mm-hmm. first off, I'm one of the only kids in the neighborhood with a dirt bike. And not only a dirt bike, there's a fucking three-wheeler, which are ultra rare. So every time they yeah. saw this mm-hmm. big ass red three-wheeler doing 50 down the street, they knew who the fuck it was. So they used to call my dad all yeah. the time and be like, Hey, you know, Steve's on a three-wheeler. And my dad'd be like, All right, did you fucking catch him? Cause if not, don't call me with this bullshit. And then eventually <laughs> they realized I was coming here every day. So the second I would fly by one of them, they would literally just drive to my dad's shop. And as I pulled up there, they would be waiting for me. And they're like, dude, oh you gotta God. stop doing this. Yeah, yeah. You can't be 14 and going 50 with no yeah. helmet on a three-wheeler on a major road, pal. You're like, hey, we're not doing this for us, genius. They don't want to be scraping you off the freaking the street. And the guy's like, what the fuck, dude? And when I when I got in high school, he was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why don't you have a you own a shop? Why don't you have a car? And then he looked and he's like, you had a fucking DUI when you're 15. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, on a three uh he's like, is that possible? And I'm like, I, that's what I said, bud. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You thought you were immune. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I don't have a license, you can't like get me in trouble for not driving, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, three, yeah. three wheelers are illegal now, right? They, they don't even make them fr- anymore. They banned them in 1988. Oh no. <laughs> really? Yep. 
Because I I've been on I've been on a couple three wheelers. I didn't I didn't know they were illegal. That they started long. making them in like 1981, and then within eight years, like a hundred thousand people killed themselves on it. Because if you turn it real quick, <laughs> it tips up yeah. super quick. So if you don't know how yeah. to ride, I can't tell you every kid in North Wales that's ever been on a uh I guarantee this the of guys my age the first motor vehicle that was to say that they've ever driven was always in my alleyway behind my house and it was uh mm, yeah. my dirt bikes and I'm going to shoot for the average was about I would say 9 out of 10 so 90% of the guys that ever got on one of my dirt bikes instantly crashed them motherfuckers into a tree yeah. into yeah. a into a, a fence into a park oh, bar. You must have been so pissed. Oh, uh, I mean, I after the first one, I got over it, and then I realized it was awesome, and I knew the outcome. So they they would see me like riding wheelies and making it look easy, and they're like, "I want to ride." I'm like, "Please do," and then they would get on and smash <laughs> that thing into something. And I'd be like, "Yeah." Oh, uh, that's one of those things. That, that's like an idea you would have now. Like, say if it's now, if you had a video can or a phone, right? That's a YouTube channel that gets a million views every fucking day you know what i mean like just like just watch this moron crash yep. hey morons crashing you know what i mean like yep. you would be uh, freaking all over but go, sorry shake i interrupt you what were i you say i have i have zero experience on motorcycles or motorbikes or anything but i have been on a three-wheeler <laughs> oh, and i'm boy. sure i was like i'm sure i was like 10 years old on a three-wheeler yep. in my buddy's front lawn because he had hedges all around so i think that his dad thought well, they can't get outside those hedges. So it's really, really <laughs> safe in there. And of course, immediately I would just drive it right into the hedges or try to turn. Sure. And if there's a little hill, yep. you're gonna, you know, yep. roll yourself. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. the neighbors down the street from me had like crotch rockets and stuff. Hell yeah. And I, I was mm. always jealous of those things, man. Those things looked awesome. Yeah. Two things I always said. One, uh, one thing was no person. I, I, I've, I've rode crotch rockets my whole life. It's like my favorite thing on earth. Uh, me and Brandon Hill used to say this all the time nobody on the planet looks at you with more admiration and more love in their heart when you're on a crotch rocket than a 10 year old boy yeah you drive uh, by a 10 year old kid uh, the look uh, in his eye is yeah. he just, just saw like, oh. the cool the coolest thing he's ever seen in his life just went by yeah 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 it's like Legit. hey they make one in my Legit. size now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and two uh, the parents the parents of my buddies we grew up with Used to uh, cringe when it snowed because when it snowed, I'd tie a sled to my three-wheeler oh, and fly up to oh. my buddies' houses and hit their windows with snowballs until they come out. And their parents would be like, "Please yeah. do not get in that sled with him." And then we'd walk the street, they jump in the sled, and I take them at 50 miles an hour down a street while I'm like fucking 13. Oh, yeah, parents, Dude, parents so... are not happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Only Mr. Hill was like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Go hang out with I the kid breaking people's arms with his dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, just as long as you're out of this fucking house. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people in that house. All right, folks, we're going to cut you off right there, and we're going to leave you in suspense for next week. Uh, this is the end of part one of the Steve Cabot duo. Uh, so you can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can join us on the Twitter at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be on the show and go through the approval process with those bastards down at the PAAA and see if you can get in, then uh, you can email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Shake Diggity, you got anything you want to say to the peeps before we take off? No. Power to the people. 
<laughs> all right riveting stuff okay uh so yep uh stick around for the ad read this is the end of the episode all right see ya do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career if so Please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.